It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. It's the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show with Daniel McCarty, Grant Elliott and Justin Marshall on SCNZ. Welcome into the show. This is uh, the Re Super Rugby Fan Show. My name is Daniel McCarty. I am back. Grant Elliott is delighted. The happiest man on the planet, no doubt, to see my beautiful face. I'm always happy to see your face, Daniel. It is always, it makes for a great, great Saturday morning. Great start to the weekend. The weekend of sports. The weekend on the Saturday sesh to yeah, well, all our listeners. I'm just happy we're here. Yeah, that we made it. That we both made it. Yeah, we're alive. Yeah, we've had some uh, transport issues during the week. Oh, gee. <laughs> we might get into that a little bit oh. later. But before we bore you to tears with our problems out there, uh, a quick uh, lay of the land. What's coming up uh, later? Mealy Kerr from the White Ferns will join us at quarter past 11, part of the Saturday session. Mark Paston is our uh, legends uh, guest uh, as we really relive a World Cup qualifying campaign that uh, landed New Zealand at a World Cup in 2010. It's topical. Can't wait to catch up with Mark Paston. But first up, as we always do, between 10 and 11, it is time for the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. And we are delighted to welcome in the man who adds the credibility to this program. Grant and I are humble enough to recognise uh, we are mere mortals in comparison uh, to the former All Black halfback and Sky Sports commentator, Justin Marshall, who joins us probably from his palace somewhere. How are you, Justin? Morning, Justin. Yes, good morning, Daniel. Good morning, Grant. Yeah, you're getting very good at lying, mate, so uh, I really appreciate that. But I'm very well this morning. Uh, I'm in Christchurch uh, after the Crusaders-Highlanders game last night. It's a much nicer day, typically, um, than what it was last night for the match. But, um, yeah, really entertaining evening. Was it a little bit soft underfoot for the horses? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was the first time the horses were back, actually, which was nice to see, and uh, I think they had a, cr- a crowd estimated around the 10,000 mark, so fantastic to see uh, bums on seats again, and it just, like, obviously being working with Sky uh, in recent, well, ba- basically over the last calendar year with predominantly empty stadiums, it's just significantly different when yeah. the crowd yeah. comes in, there's a, there's a real buzz about the game, and I certainly know when I played, when you when you played, I didn't play in front of no crowd, but played in front of really big crowds. You certainly do feel that that lift in adrenaline, that lift in um, emotion. Uh, when there's a break or something significant, you can feel the crowd rise. And uh, I'm certainly sure that the players really enjoyed having a, a good um, big crowd back watching them last night. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear you say that, Justin. I've long tried to encourage New Zealand fans especially to get in behind their team, to, to make some noise and support their teams. We're a naturally reserved bunch inside Stadia, but it's clear. Um, in fact, there's bit of, quite a bit of science out there. Crowds impact results, and it's just wonderful to see um, you know, crowds are coming back, and long might continue, Justin. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think you're right. Like, by, by nature, I guess New Zealand crowds are a little bit more reserved than others. I haven't had my time playing overseas in front of, you know, English and European crowds uh, for clubs and, and also experiencing going along to, for example, football games in that part of the world. You know, it's a, it's a different level of support. Uh, look, when I tried to put my finger on it when I got back to New Zealand after playing away and particularly um, sort of looking at the way that we support our teams, it's it was probably the most significant uh, example of it was the 2011 Rugby World Cup, which was a hell of a nail-biter game. Um, but what, what, what New Zealand crowds tend to do, particularly uh, with rugby, uh, and that's I'm using that example because I know it and have experienced it, is the people go along to actually watch the game, and those people include yeah, children, yeah. you know, um, the women, men, whatever they might be, they're there and they're really focused on the game. So if someone's starting a chant or a Mexican wave or whatever, they have to be really bored watching the game to get involved in any shenanigans <laughs> apart from the game. And that's just our nature, you know, like we are – we are watching every single pass, every single moment in the game. New Zealanders are taking it all in. So I guess that, that, that and that, so then you're riding out every moment. So I kind of get that that, that that feeling that that's the way our nature is. It's not that we're not interested or we're not enjoying it, that we're just watching every moment and riding every um, sort of bit of drama that happens in the game. Well, Justin, you talk about riding every moment. Now, I think that with the Crusaders... I always think the captain should get out on the horse and come out first. Has anyone ever jumped on one of those horses and thought about coming out onto the field? What about the Sky Sports commentary team riding to the commentary box on the horse? No, look, I think probably, and Grant, you might have experienced this with time being around TV as well, the, the, the closest I'm getting to a horse is having to go on the Segway, which it, for people out there who don't know what that is, it's the, it's the little device that's a bit like a sort of form of scooter that the, the one of the cameras whips up and down the sideline on and um, I, I have my struggles with that let alone trying to get on a, my only other experience I don't know we're supposed to be talking rugby I've been on a horse was in South Africa I was over there and went on a safari with the All Blacks and uh, I hadn't been around horses at all didn't know anything about them and um, we were doing the safari and I remember I was with Tabai Matson and he said to me well get on mate we've got to go and my horse was called Thunder and um that didn't warm me with a lot of enthusiasm. Anyway, when I went to hop on it, um, I put the wrong foot in first. So when I sort of spun around to hop on, I was facing the tail rather than, than the front. <laughs> and of course, rugby players being the way that they are, they, they slapped the arse of thunder. And uh, I can tell you, I had a pretty horrific two-minute experience. So I haven't been back there, thanks to be honest. <laughs> That is fantastic. And I'm sure the South Africans would have said, gee, Justin Marshall, one of the most experienced riders I've ever seen. <laughs> a bit unorthodox. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, there was a let's few get to the media there, and they saw one of the generals for the weekend who's supposed to control the game thinking, I think we might be all right at the weekend. We might get a result here. They've got the guy supposed to be leading the All Blacks attack, getting on a horse the wrong way around. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Round seven of Super Rugby Pacific. Let's uh, look at the action. Uh, for those uh, note-keeping, the Blues uh, beat Moana Pacifica Tuesday night. I think it was 32-19. Uh, the Crusaders beating the Highlanders last night in a tight one. And then we're going to break that down in detail with Justin in just a moment. And it was the Waratahs beating the Fijian Drua by 38 points to 14 in the, uh, the on the Aussie side of the equation. Uh, they had an interesting week, Fijian Drua. I think they were booted out of um, their training facility due to flooding. 
And also Mick Byrne, the coach, went down with uh, COVID, uh, but they are a welcome addition to this comp, no doubt about that. Let's get to the game last night, Justin. Really tight encounter, 17-14. All the scoring done in the first half. Um, And I must admit, there were some really nice attacking touches in that opening 40 minutes, starting off with that first try. Andrew Andrew Makaleo against his former side. What a neat line-out move. Only six or seven metres out that saw the big fella crash over. Yeah, it was. And and again, that's... Uh, something that the Highlanders haven't been able to do this season, which is, you know, execute some of their special plays that they have. And Tony Brown and his whole entire coaching crew are very good at being innovators and, and coming up with something that is unpredictable and catches the opposition defence out. Funnily enough, they've done that to a side that is doing it to everyone else. So the Crusaders, out of all of their games last year, I think they've scored up around 40-something tries. Twelve of those tries have come from set-piece. So... They're very good at set-piece moves as well. So the Highlanders, who I thought started the game, it worried me that they were going to do what they have been doing in recent games, which is kicking a lot of possession away in the wrong areas. And they still did it throughout the entire game. But when they did get that one opportunity, you know, sort of just after 10 minutes into the game, they really nailed it. And uh, I think that, that sparked the game, which was kind of a bit of a game of chess at that stage into action. Justin, um, the Highlanders, I mean, they've played a lot better than being at the foot of the ladder, haven't they? I mean, it must be really tough for a team and coaching staff when you look at your results and you don't want to be results-driven, but you look at that and you go, gee, we've played better rugby than that. Yeah, it's a really good point you make, Grant. Uh, I had a chat with Tony Brown after the game yesterday and, and he did look drained, basically, mentally, because they did enough in that game to win it. And, and once again, you know, it, it will be slightly worrying for Scott Robertson. The, the Highlanders only had to make 68 tackles in that match. And the Crusaders were basically around 130. So most most weeks they are nearly doubling. I think the Chiefs game was an exception last week where they were quite dominant. But most matches they are playing with less position than the opposition and they're having to tackle a hell of a lot more. Now the reason I make that point is off what you've just said about the Highlanders. They, they, they created more than enough to win that game. And and they were playing in the right area. Here's another stat for you. The Crusaders spent about three minutes 40 inside the Highlanders 22. The Highlanders were nine and a half minutes inside the Crusaders 22. And times when they were in there, they had opportunities. They went for lineouts. They lost the ball. Um, they went for driving malls, and the Crusaders turned it over. They had shots at goal. They missed shots at goal. They had yes. opportunities to kick for touch, and Mitch Hunt, kicked it dead oh, they, they, and that Justin. must be frustrating for Tony Brown yeah yeah that Mitch Hunt what 13 to go I think that's about right a four point yeah. ball game as it was at the half how, I don't know how he actually misses it it's actually harder to do what he did right than actually kick the ball out yes it is yeah and again it's just another example of opportunities in the game where You know, I think I said it in the commentary, and the Crusaders won't open their door very often for you. And if you force your way through that door, which they were doing by making line breaks, by creating penalties, um, they got the Crusaders at that very point that we're talking about with Mitch Hunt. They just had a warning from Ben O'Keefe, any more penalties and I'll put someone in the bin, which then makes you back off a little bit defensively. The Highlanders are well and truly on the front foot there, and... Unfortunately, like has happened all season for them, where they've been in matches right across this entire comp, 
they've let themselves down with their execution and that was just another example of them having the opportunity to put a team away or to put them under massive pressure and letting them off the hook and you know as a coach i said to brownie last night i said mate you've been giving that same message now though for six six games that you've lost you know where where do you where do you find the answer to get these players to get their discipline in terms of execution right and and, and he kind of looked at with me with a bit of a forlonged look I, I did say to him well when you look at that highlanders back line aaron smith apart and, and to a degree mitch hunt it's really inexperienced you know gregory tupaya mm. um gilbert um Wasisi Dawai, you know connor garden bishop these guys haven't played a lot of super rugby and um, i'm just wondering whether or not they haven't got that big game experience when they need it to nail down the games they should be nailing down because of that. Yeah, and I, and I think Gregory, look, Gregory looks good. He scored a nice try after a, a lovely pass by yep. Hunt to put the Highlanders back in front. But before that, the David Harvilly chip inside the oppos- opposition 22, which he regathered. Of course, they did check after the Crusaders then go on and score. It was not conclusive if he's knocked the ball on, according to the TMO. But were you thinking like I was when he actually attempted that chip? I, what on earth are you thinking here, son? But I guess fortune <laughs> favours the brave, Justin. Yeah, I was actually. He got it in a compromised position where he got shoveled the ball and um, he was behind the advantage line. He just sort of sauntered his way back across the grain, didn't he? And then I, I guess, you know, this is the experience I'm talking to you about, you know, an all-black, a player that's played 100 Super Rugby games, he obviously knew and sensed that he was playing under advantage and thought, hey, you know, maybe I'll, I'll try something here. Worst case scenario, we're going back for three points basically in front of the post. And, you know, that, that, that he made that work. And, and, and good players make that work. It wasn't the greatest chip kick, but he could have just given up and thought, oh, well, we'll go back to the penalty. He chased it. He competed. He won it back. And all of a sudden, the Highlanders, who hadn't been expecting it, couldn't regroup on defence because they weren't expecting it. And, and that's, that's what you know, really good big game players do. They can create things and make more of, of, of a good situation that they already had, which was a pretty bankable three. He turned into a, a seven-point um, win for the Crusaders. And, uh, you know, those sorts of things are the difference in tight games. But Justin, there was, there was two opportunities uh, in the sort of last couple of minutes where there was an amazing tackle on Frizzell. Um, and then mm. Fakatava had a break, but there was no support. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You know, the, the line breaks that the Highlanders made were significant. And you know, Crusaders are always going to scramble well because that's what they do. They, they, they're defensively um, magnificent. And, and they re- you really have to work hard to break them down. And, you know, the, the fact that the Highlanders made those line breaks, but out of, with all of those line breaks, they w- weren't able to capitalise on any of them. You know, you've got, basically at that stage, I think there was two Crusaders players most of the time, either one making the tackle, second arriving player. One was spilled by Fakataba, the other one was turned over, I think, by Will Jordan, or it might have been Seve Reese. And th- th- those two to three players are the ones that are, are doing more than what the, what the attacking team are doing by getting to the breakdown and utilising their numbers and the fact they've got the defence scrambling to put them away. So just another example, again, of the Highlanders you know, doing something really good in the first instant and then do, and then switching off really quickly to not capitalise on it. 
I mean, you speak about Tony Brown and, you know, he seems obviously a little bit down on the results and searching for answers and he, pr he probably does have a number of them. I guess the difficult thing is as a coach is do you go knee-jerk reaction and some coaches do and just do wholesale changes or do you keep backing the players that you've got um, and, and, you know, keep the confidence in those players so that you can get those combinations right? Yeah, it's a catch-22, isn't it? I, I certainly understand where your question is coming from, and it's a good one and a valid one. Um, his problem is, really, he just doesn't have the depth to be able to, uh, you know, tweak that starting lineup or that starting 23 because he just doesn't have the firepower to do it. You know, that I think it was a massive loss for him losing Umanga Jensen um, because he was... He was offering that back line something different in attack and it enabled other players to, to function around around him differently. You know, Gregory's done a great job and he'll fill a spot across the board, so it's not a slight on him by any means, but he's a, you know, he's a replaceable. So, you know, that, that's the problem that Brownie's got is that he hasn't really got a deep amount of resources to go to. He's got a very young reasonably inexperienced side there that, uh, you know, he can't really say, oh, well, you're not performing, so I'm going to replace you, you know. And Look, I made the comment last night. I felt that Mitch Hunt was a hell of a lot better than he has been uh, so far this season. But I felt the fact that he's the only Highlander to have started all six games this season. He's got no one pressurising him. You know, Ioane went to the Chiefs, mm. and th th there's no clear competition for him. And I know that you know this, Grant, from coming from where you did with international cricket, that there's always when there's always someone wanting your spot and press, pushing you on the training field and when they get opportunities showing that they've got the skill set and they've got the desire to want your jersey, it, it motivates you not to get complacent and it motivates you to make sure that when you are stepping out you, onto that um, onto that field that you are performing at your maximum because you know otherwise you're going to find yourself on the pine. And I think that's a problem with the Highlanders. They've got nobody really putting pressure on the back three. They've got nobody putting pressure on the midfield. You know, the halfback competition's great and both halfbacks are playing unreal. And that's one area. The Lucys mm. are quite competitive. But in key areas of that um, back line, there's just not the depth. And, and it's not. I don't think it's helping players play to their potential. And Mitch Hunt's an example of that. Mm. Yeah, and there's probably not much to say as we move on from this game about the Shiloh uh, Klein red card. Late in the game, didn't cost uh, the Crusaders in the end. It may have, but when a player's going to um, start taking responsibility, Justin, for their body position when attempting to, to make a tackle. He's, he's upright, he's got to be aware of that. And as you called last night, there's no arms also, so there's not no. much going for it no. as far as, as trying no, to argue your way out of that red. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest mistake you can make. You know, you can accidentally get someone just with your timing being off. Um, if, if you've gone in for a legitimate tackle by having your arm out, looking to wrap, looking to, you know, grab uh, and, and just slightly getting that technique wrong. But he dropped his shoulder and his arm wasn't even looking like wanting to wrap. So, yeah, it was, it was an inevitable red card once they actually finally got to the point that they felt they needed to have a look at it. But, um, yeah, again, you, you said, like, it didn't cost the Crusaders anything because... Highlanders. First of all, Mitch Hunt only kicked at about 15 metres, whereas he needed to at least try and, with three minutes to go, peel off at least 40 metres to get deep into the Crusaders' um, territory. 
and then they lost the line out. Well, they, they won a messy line out and got turned over at the line out um, by Ethan Blackadder and bang, there's the game. So another example of the Highlanders, when they needed to execute, they got the line out wrong. They didn't protect Fakatava. He got hit hard and turned over and the Crusaders sealed out the, sealed out the game. All right, let's spend the last five or so minutes uh, with Justin Marshall here on the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show, looking ahead to the games remaining this weekend. Blues, Moana, Pacifica. Boy, oh boy, Justin, gee, it's been an age since they've played against each other. I don't know how they're going to prepare for this one. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get a bit of that when we get into some of these catch-up games, which is going to really test the depth of some of these super sides. You know, when you've got when you've got illness and injuries and fatigue setting in, and we've got games to make up. So the Blues are feeling... And Moana Pacifica, who always knew that was coming. Um, you know, they, they knew that missing those first three rounds was always going to be something that they're going to have to try and uh, deal with later in the season. So they're going through that now, and the Blues are as well. Uh, so, yeah, look, I, I'm certainly impressed with the way that Moana Pacifica are, are progressing. They're getting better by game. Uh, they, I think they recognise where they're weak, where teams are attacking them, and the Blues still did that the other night, at, at, particularly at Scrum, but a really pleasing sign for me there was line out was much better their line out defense more was pretty good even though they conceded but they created tries from their line out drive um they just need to just to get that scrum platform slightly better because man they've got some potential and some attacking quality in that side and they're physical and they're worrying teams which is great to see so look i don't think they're quite there yet i think the blues will still be too powerful for them they've got too much squad depth but Expect them to put up a fight. And if they're in the game in the last 10 minutes, who knows? Justin, um, as a Hurricanes fan, uh, even after last week. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, you're going <laughs> to jump off the bandwagon after one <laughs> loss. Good on you, fella. And we do we do have Chris Gibbs later on, so I can give him a, a little bit of uh, a grilling and maybe get oh, some yeah. inside information. Yeah, I'm but, sure. I'm that, sure he's trembling in his boots and I thought of you giving him a grilling. With our hard-hitting journalism here. <laughs> yeah. So, Justin, the Canes are taking on the Chiefs. How tough is that to back up um, after their loss from Minor Pacifica? Motivational-wise, Grant, I think they'll be well up for it. You know, they, they would have... I know what it's like going... You know, no, no game is a given, and no game, um, as we know in sport, is one that you're guaranteed by right to go out and win. You've got to earn your earn your uh, your wins out on the, on the field by putting in the hard work and, and executing, like, um, you know... We, we very well know with, with any form of sport and they they got that wrong, the Hurricanes, and they came up against a side that, um, you know, pipped them at the post but were always in the fight and, and found a way to stay in the fight. And I think the Hurricanes mostly, when they sat down on Monday and reviewed that game and Jason Holland looked at it, would have rude opportunities. They, they were a dominant team for 25 minutes and they let those chances slip. So I expect there to be that form of a response that he would have critiqued that quite hard, saying, hey, look, when we create opportunities in this comp, whether it's Moana Pacifica or the Chiefs, we need to make sure that we're we're finishing them off. And they didn't do that, and it, and it hurt them big time by losing the game. They should have won. If they'd put those opportunities away early in the game, I think they would have been too far away on the scoreboard. So that's where I think they'll be better. And obviously, you know, the... the, the, the I actually haven't had the opportunity to see the side, but I'm presuming that Artie's back, who is is quite conclusively playing the best rugby of his career, and I certainly think that he was a, a massive loss for him, just his competitiveness and his energy. Uh, bring him back, and 
they'll be up for it. They'll just have to play well because this Chiefs side is a good side. Uh, this is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show with uh, Reese Plumbing. We appreciate the support. Designed to help your business grow and succeed, Reese works for you. Huge game across uh, the ditch, too. The Reds with only one loss this year against the unbeaten mm. Brumbies. Uh, that will be an interesting one. And that will lead us off as far as our bold predictions for the weekend. I will lead because I am, uh, you know, I'm that type of guy. I'll go over the top first, Grant. I'm picking the Brumbies, Justin, to beat the Reds. Oh, are you? Bloody hell, you put me on the spot. Why'd you go to Grant first? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Daniel. I think the Reds, I think the Reds will beat them. There you go. Uh, I'm not going to give you any background okay. information behind why I think that, apart no. from, no. I disagree, Reds. Nor did I. Nor, nor did I, and I, I like it when there's faux sort of angst between us uh, uh, on a Saturday morning. Well, so you're the deciding vote, Grant. Well, Justin, you know that when I did it the last time, I think we came out top when we went against McCarty. Okay. So I'm going to go with rugby nous and uh, experience, and I'm going to go with you. All right. Okay. Yes. Unlucky, Daniel. Lock, lock in the reds. We lock in the reds, Ben. Producer Ben, lock in the reds, because we're very good tipsters here on the, the Rest of Rugby Fan Show. Okay, Grant, lead us off. Canes Chiefs tomorrow afternoon, 3.35. Oh, I mean, you know, I, I have betted with my heart so often on this show and got it wrong. So I'm going to go with my head now. I'm going to go Chiefs. Ooh. Well, yeah. the cardboard cutout of Clayton McMillan has been replaced by the actual Clayton McMillan this week, I think, Justin. So... I'll go the Chiefs, so uh, your vote's redundant because we've already locked it in, Justin. Do you disagree, though? No, I don't disagree. Uh, I think, um, yeah, there'll be a response from the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think you've got it right. And Blues also? Justin? Yes. Mm, that's a good yes. one. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I'm going to go with my heart on this one and say Moana Pacifica. <laughs> Okay, luckily I'm here, um, and <laughs> and I oh know Ben Francis got his hands and his, his head in his hands only because they're going to be so buoyed. Like there's there's wholesale changes for the Blues. Minor Pacific a little bit more consistent in their team and off their win. I mean they must be fizzing. They must be absolutely fizzing after the Canes. What a compelling the passion! What a compelling argument you've made. You've twisted my arm to stay with the Blues. Let's lock in the Blues. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Ben. Hey, Justin, you're a superstar, my friend. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you next Saturday. Yeah, thanks, uh, Daniel. Thanks, Grant, and uh, everybody out there tuning in. Have a great day. Thanks a lot, Justin. Looking forward to you getting on that horse, racing out onto the park. <laughs> the right way. <laughs> the ratings would go through the roof. Here's Justin Marshall coming in backwards on a horse. Providing expert analysis on Sky Sport, the former all-back halfback joining us uh, here on the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. A Reese Plumbing designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. So you went with the heart, eh? I went thought with the heart. I, if, yeah, I but you didn't I go with the heart with I, the, the Hurricanes. Who, funnily enough, as uh, you have pointed out, their assistant coach, Chris Gibbs, is uh, joining us. And you can absolutely thing, throw me into it. The first you? thing I'm going to say <laughs> is Grant Elliott has no faith in your team, zero faith in your team to get the result this weekend. Yeah. No, I, I won't because I also, I also tipped the Chiefs. Yeah, you did, yeah. actually. No, there's We're going to have to crouch down as we walk to the cars after, after we finish the I'm show. I'm just becoming you know? really gun-shy because, you know, I go went with the Warriors, I went with the White Ferns, I went with the Canes, and I just keep losing. So Come now, on, mate. See ball, hit ball. Yeah. Use that through. Just see a name, pick it. I need some help out there. Text me, double eight double three. A lot of people need help um, as far as a Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition. Mm, interesting week. 
We'll give you those details up next. It is 27 after 10. That you are, it's 29 minutes away from 11 o'clock. This is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. Driven by quality, Reese works for you. Let's see if my team, yes, my team worked for me last week when I was away. I've been very nervous um, about what predictions you guys made in my absence last week. Producer Ben Francis is the only one I trust, really. Oh, <laughs> settle down. Maybe it was punting. Yeah. Granted, sometimes he doesn't actually get the picks in on time, which has seriously impacted uh, our strong showing uh, so far, as far as our tipping competitions uh, in 2022. I just want to know if we're beating Beaver and Izzy. Okay, well, let's ask Those are the only two I really want. You want to get ahead of, you know, rugby rugby players and rugby experts on the show. Are we? Ben? Well... I believe we're beating Beaver. I know that 100% certain. Yes. I, know, I know Beaver's, you know. He hasn't filled in his forms every week, right? We are actually, we are ahead of Izzy Dag on points difference. <laughs> well, Solid. So, Can't so, say I'm all that shocked. Well, you know, considering considering we missed the first couple of picks of, of, of the season, you know, due to unfortunate circumstances, I think it's a pretty good effort. <laughs> unfortunate circumstances, our incompetence. I'm not sure if that's unfortunate. No, forgetting to enter in your picks before no, the week. Ben forgot. Ben forgot? Thanks for we're, but we're a team. Thanks we're a team. <laughs> <laughs> we're a team, but it's Ben's fault. I can't, I can't forget when I get told the day after, hey, why don't we do this? Yeah. So how many picks did we get right last week in my absence? Uh, we hit uh, three from six, unfortunately. You know, there were a few. Oh, that's almost a fail. No, fifty percent is a pass. It's, That's it's, cool. It's, it's almost a fail, though. No, it's, it, hear Come me on, out. I set very high standards on this show for you fellas. Hear me out, though. Hear me out. We have gone up six places in It'll our SCNZ tipping comp, and we've gone up nearly a hundred places in the overall <laughs> rankings. So for me, that is a win. That, that is the response I would expect from an Everton fan, Grant, giving a round of applause for, for the for getting fifty percent. But going up the ladder. So obviously, everyone else. Went down. We got two out of six. We got three. Did we tip the Moana Pacifica to beat the Canes last week? No, we, we didn't. And that, that was where we no, got let down. But no. I think that was the same with most people. And that was also the same with the Fiji Dura against Melbourne Rebels game. Okay. Uh, Super Rugby tipping stats. The Reese Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition. We started off with 1,949 of you lucky punters. Uh, then we went down to 1,054, or some 900 of you were just not good enough, not acceptable to our tasting, our taste, just not good enough, you were culled. Then uh, it was down to 610, huge drop-off. Uh, then last week, uh, then we were with 489, and then last week it was 349, 349 heading into last weekend's uh, round of games, uh, Grant. Um, in fact, I, sorry, I've... My apologies, I made a mistake. I forgot one week. We were down to 295 ahead of last week. Uh, but that result of Moana Pacifica beating the Hurricanes and the Melbourne Rebels winning saw the number drop down to, take a guess. Below 30. 59. Oh! There's 59 people but That's left. incredible that 59 people actually punted those games as well. 59 people probably filled in the wrong box. <laughs> they? they took the wrong box. They could have. Yeah. And then they've, they've actually said to their mates, though, no, I knew, always knew it was going to happen. I always knew, you know, you've got to listen to me. So we are down to 59. Uh, of course, you uh, make your pick. Uh, if you get it right, 
You stay alive. If you don't, you're gone. You're dead in the game, that is. And, of course, your chance to win $5,000 to Reese Plumbing. We wish you all the success uh, for those uh, remaining. Um, and just to, to recap, our Saturday session has slipped to 69th in the SENZ uh, tipping competition. And now this is embarrassing. 1,063rd overall out of 2,162 people. And they expect us to host a Super Rugby show? They we, want us to add some credibility? Those, we, those, sorry, can those we have not- a review? Can we have a review? Let's have one of those famous things sport, New Zealand sporting organisations do. A review. We'll have a, we'll have a, f- a full independent A McKinsey review. report. Yeah, yeah we, we will. Someone's uh, written to you, Grant. Yeah, it looks like Dave. Um, he goes, Grunter, I'm a Canes fan also and won't bet on this game. However, the Chiefs, even without Brody, look too strong. Gus Jacobson coming back. It'll be a toughie at the tin. We have two X-Factor players that would make a World 15, Geordie and Artie. Like the Landers this year, we're lacking the cattle. Go the Canes. Thanks, Dave. I say it. Go the Canes. Go the Canes, indeed. Yes, uh, the Hurricanes do welcome back one Adi Savia, who will be playing at number eight, while Geordie Barrett is playing at second five. Ooh. Yeah, that will be interesting. And uh, he's, he's such a big unit, Geordie Barrett. He's quite a rig, isn't he? You don't realise it. You see him well, on the field. He terrifies you guys in the Black Clash every year, doesn't he? Yeah, and then you watch him, you know, on the golf tee, and you just think, gee, this is going to go miles, and it does. He's just, everything he does, there's no half measures. Amazing athlete. And just a reminder of the games uh, this uh, coming weekend in Super Rugby. It is next up uh, from uh, 5 past 7 this evening, the Blues up against Moana Pacifica. Uh, while later tonight, quarter to 10 to be exact, New Zealand time, it is the Reds up against the Brumbies. We've touched, uh, I think we've gone the colours in that one. Uh, the Blues to win, and uh, I was outvoted, um, but I believe in democracy. <laughs> we'll lock in the Reds. Gee, the Reds better get up or you're going to cop it next week. And uh, I cop it every weekend. <laughs> we've tipped the Chiefs, which uh, might be a little bit awkward when we welcome in our next guest. Well, no, can we change that just before the, <laughs> the next guest comes on? Stick your neck out, mate. Okay. It's uh, time for a break. It's uh, 22 minutes away from 11. This is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. Uh, your comments about the, the two big games, uh, especially the Chiefs, Canes. Have we got this one right? Let us know. Double eight, double two. Text in your prediction for the game. We're going the Chiefs. We're a little bit uncertain. You probably can detect in our voice. Uh, if, if only you could see the eye rolling going on in the studio right now across all three of us. Uh, we're... we're we're a little bit unsure. Well, I will give you the, the TAB odds. They've got the Hurricanes at $2.60 and the Chiefs at $1.47. Okay, well, that makes me feel a whole lot better with our pick. Excellent yeah. stuff. Uh, double eight, double two. That's uh, where you send uh, your text messages to. Uh, we will take a, a short break and then go inside the Hurricanes camp, who will be going through their captain's run uh, right at this very moment. We're going to be lucky enough to be joined by their assistant coach, Chris Gibbs, who's uh, uh, up after this break. <laughs> Now 17 minutes away from 11 o'clock. This is the Re Super Rugby Fan Show. Daniel McCarty, Grant Elliott with you. We've had Justin Marshall giving us a full breakdown of the action uh, during the week and forecasting what is ahead. Well, let's go inside one of the camps so right now. Big game tomorrow, 3.35 to be exact. Sky Stadium is the setting. I think it's close to 300-odd days since the, the Canes uh, played in front of their fans. Uh, that will be uh, uh, welcome. Uh, I'm sure not only uh, for both teams, but also uh, those watching the game uh, from their mansion and somewhere in Wellington, Grant Elliott, I, I am looking at you. Uh, let's, let's, let's welcome in Chris Gibbs. We're delighted to welcome in the assistant coach of the Canes, who I think are going through their captain's run right now. Very good morning, Chris. Thanks for joining us ahead of the game. How are you going, gentlemen? It's a pleasure to be here. We, 
we are great. We are doing really, really well. Um, for the uninitiated, and I'm pointing to Grant, because you know me, Chris, I know everything. Uh, t- tell Grant, captain's run. What goes on during the captain's run? Yeah, what's the main goal of the captain's run, Chris? I have been to one. Andrew Hall invited me to one back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, well, mate, it's just a bit of a loosener, really. Um, there's nothing really that tame changes from a game plan perspective. Um, boys just sort of get out and go through the, you know, go through the game plan and just real light sort of training just to just to keep the wheels moving, really. So, uh, yeah, there's nothing really in it too much. It's actually a pretty good day for a coach, actually. You can just sort of sit back and cruise and watch the <laughs> do your work. And, and in this case, standing in the middle yeah, of uh, Sky Stadium, I'm getting sunburned. It's awesome. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> that sea mist is still there. Um, oh, when I was when I was at the the, the captain's run, uh, one of the things I felt um, the main objective was almost just to get a little bit of nerves out, and for players obviously to play in their position backline, go through your set moves. But it's just a, a little bit of a loosener, but just takes the edge off maybe arriving at the game um, a little bit anxious. Yeah, well, we've got a little session tomorrow as well. So we um, on game day, we about four or five hours out, we do a little, um, you know, a little testosterone spike, which is a primer for us. So the boys get another little chance to go through a few bits and pieces, real light. Um, but hope you know that that also does that gets that nerves out too. But yeah, the captain's run, um, boys are sort of getting together, getting the combos, just getting the feel for the ground, all that sort of stuff, you know. So um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a sort of final run for them. Well, we look ahead, let's look back a week ago. Of course, um, you know, quite yeah. the results. Uh, you didn't want to be a trivia yeah. question, Chris. Uh, the Canes are, are the first team to lose to Moana Pacifica, and, and credit to them, and I'm sure you'll give them a lot of credit, but what went wrong? Would I be too harsh in saying maybe no. the intent, the physicality wasn't where it needed to be? Yeah, it's a combination of that. And, and like, I think first and foremost, you've got to take your, your hat off to Minor Pacifica, man. They turned up and they bashed us around a bit. And, you know, they did everything that we knew that they would be capable of um, if we allowed them in, and, and we did that. And um, they took their opportunities. We didn't. I think the key thing here is, is that, yep, they physically, they got on top of us. Um, but a lot of it's around our decision-making. And, you know, we created a lot of opportunities, but... You know, for whatever reason, whether it's just big big moments or whatever, but, um, you know, we just didn't pull the trigger on the opportunities that were presented. So, you know, it's disappointing. Um, again, you know, we didn't want to be the team to make that, that history, but we are, and we've got to live with that and learn from it. So, you know, I keep the key thing for us is, like, how do we get better at making those decisions? You know, having the confidence to pull the trigger when you see it, um, and then allowing our game to play on top of teams, that's when we can get physical and... You know, when you're going back and trying to clean stuff up, it's really hard to be physical. So, you know, that's the learnings for us moving forward. And, man, we're going to have to bring it over the next couple of weeks. So um, hopefully we can get that learning in. Hey, Chris, um, just I stumbled upon the um, the organisational structure of the Hurricanes. And, and one of the things that I saw was that you, you've got a performance analyst. You've got two assistant analysts. Um, yep. You've obviously got your strength and conditioners, which is standard. But yep. then um, you've got a mindset coach, two mindset coaches as well. How much yep. of the preparation that goes into these games and time do they have with the likes of the analysts and the mindset coaches? There's a lot of time. Um, from an analysis perspective, obviously the whole breakdown of the game and you know, you're looking both preview and review. You know, so there's a lot of work that goes into those spaces and that's why that team, you know, they, they work really hard. 
you know, from the performance coach perspective, we've got two sides to that. There's obviously, you know, the performing day in, day out and dealing with the pressures of that. But you've also, too, got the individual wellbeing side of things where, you know, we've got individual skills in those spaces. And, you know, the game at the moment, and, you, you know, you've played top level, it's just, you know, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of expectation comes. And with young guys, they don't always have that experience when they first step into those spaces. So... It's massively important for us to get longevity at our athletes to have all of these bases covered. So you can S and C and train them and get them fit and teach them rugby, but they've got to learn A to how who they are and how they deal individually with themselves and then how does that transpire into getting performance week in, week out and it's a massive part of the game. So, you know, that, that's why we put a lot of energy into that space. Bruce, uh, last one from me. What are you wanting Geordie Barrett to bring at twelve? Well, I think Geordie's um, pretty physical. Um, you know, he's a big man and he can carry hard. And I think the other thing too is it's getting his hands on the ball early too. You know, like just, you know, he can beat he can beat defenders. He can, you know, really get some good penetration going for you. And I think the other thing too is that you know, being a fullback, um, he sees the game and he can see space. And you know, with his kicking game, he can put us into there as well. So it gives us a multi-dimensional sort of attack with Geordie. And I think the key, the key thing is is that it's great that we've got competition in the squad. You know, you get a guy like Peter Munga Jensen that's not playing, you know, with a quality player like that. So, you know, it's good competition, um, but we think for what we need um, going forward with this Chiefs game and, in, you know, going forward, that, that Geordie will give us a good option at 12. And I'm sure you're pretty excited about the fans, right? That's stating the obvious. Oh, mate, it's um, like even just up at um, Mount Smart the other day, you know, there wasn't um, a whole lot of people there, but just to have that crowd noise again and, you know, you're not sitting in the box yeah. listening to yourself going on, you know, like it's, uh, <laughs> to, have the crowd, <laughs> to have the crowd noise there and people there. And I think, you know, particularly for Canes fans, it's been such a long time, as you, started, you, know, you said at the start of the show. So, you know, just for, to get our, our fans here and our people here, it's going to be awesome. And the boys love it. And, uh, Brilliant you know, hopefully uh, gives us a good atmosphere tomorrow. Well, you can thump some tables and no one's going to hear you now if the fans are roaring, Chris. Hey, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us, mate. We, we, we really do appreciate it. We, we wish, yeah. wish you all the success. Thanks uh, a lot, Chris. Take, yeah, take care, guys. Thanks, eh? Will do. Chris Gibbs joining us, the Hurricanes assistant coach. They take on the Chiefs from Sky Stadium in front of fans, 3.35 to wrap up round number seven of uh, Super Rugby Pacific for this week. Back after the break. Big thanks to Justin Marshall and Chris Gibbs for being our guests this week on the uh, Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. Now, uh, we're full of integrity on this uh, program and accuracy, um, but when we make a mistake, we admit it. Got to be accountable. Yeah, especially when Ben Francis makes the mistake. <clears throat> yeah. All right, Ben Francis. Uh, no one likes a corrector. We love them. What did we get wrong? Well, we actually are now up to 63rd in the SENZ Super Rugby Tipping Comp, and we're 972nd overall. I have a feeling, though, I feel like you just grabbed last week's numbers to make us look bad because you weren't happy with our three from six performance. Well, no, both things could be true. One of them is not true. I, I, I just read what I was given. I Ron Burgundy'd it, and uh, unfortunately, the producer <laughs> had not delivered the accurate uh, information. So we're up from 69th to 62nd, was it? That's correct. Oh, we're coming. We're coming, baby. We're coming for you. We're coming for you all. Just got to beat Izzy and Beaver. Saturday Sesh on the way. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, 
We doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.